Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Let's go down to uh, South America. Um, the continent with the fewest number of countries, only 12. and uh, But, I mean, it's a vast continent. It's really, really exciting. Um, and I'm going to talk about something that not a lot of people have done. <laughs> okay. I know that's a bit unfair, but you will hear the follow-up to that in this episode with Gunnar Garforsch, who is my friend and the first person to travel to every country in the world twice. So when he shares a list of up-and-coming destinations around the world, I don't take it lightly because he has been to all of these places. And the goal here is to help you identify those destinations you might want to get to before mass tourism arrives in the coming years. And I know you're going to love this. It's all about upgrading your bucket list here on the Zero to Travel podcast this week. Thanks for being here and welcome to the show, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And there is nobody else I know that has filled their life with more travel than our guest today. He actually shares an estimate for what he has spent on travel, going to every country in the world twice and then some. I swear, the dude travels so much, I think he's going to be the first person to go to every country in the world three times. I don't know. You'll hear about his upcoming book project, which is really interesting. And we got to record this interview in person for you. And as I said at the top, when Gunnar puts out a list of destinations to visit, I do take it seriously because he is a true expert. He he is on the road more than anybody else I know. And he has been to every country twice, as we mentioned, and more. So pay close attention. This is a fun one. You're going to have a blast, not just hearing about the destinations, but Gunnar's always an interesting guy to talk to, and he's got plenty of stories, and he shares a few in this episode along the way. Don't forget, by the way, before we dive in, if you want to get in touch, jason at zerototravel.com is my email. We'd love to hear from you. This is a two-way conversation. This is a community and I make this show for you. So if you have any feedback, advice, guests you want me to bring on, anything at all, just hit me up, leave me a voicemail, drop me an email, let me know. 
And if you want to get the latest episodes each week in your inbox for free, zero to travel.com slash newsletter, sign up over there. Okay. Without further ado, let's slip and slide into this interview and stick around on the back end. I will share some food for thought that might help you reprioritize your bucket list. I shared this recently in a newsletter. And since we're doing the upgrade your bucket list theme this week, thought I would share this one little tip with you on the back end of the conversation for now. Please enjoy my chat with Gunnar Garforce, and I will see you on the other side, my friend. Thanks for listening. Well, the intention behind this episode is to give you a jump on your travel plans for 2024 and for the immediate future, let's say, or the near future. And I have none other than true travel expert, friend of the show, personal friend, the man who's the first to have been to every country in the world two times. You've heard him on the show before, perhaps. If not, you should go into the archives and listen. Mr. Gunnar Garforce, welcome to the Zero uh, to Travel Podcast, oh, my yeah. friend. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're way too kind. You're way too kind. What an introduction. <laughs> I, you know, I should bring you to our, our podcast shows that we do around Norway and have you introduce me. Like, I'd love oh, that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just have to get my Norwegian a little bit better. Well, think, yeah, Norwegian you know, is excellent. I, I like your uh, little American uh, swing to it. It's nice like it. that you It's nice that you tell everybody this. Give them, uh, give me some false hope anyway. So I, I want to let people know we're in your apartment it's an inspiring space, man, to record a podcast because you have two things I love. You have three things. Well, actually, a giant world map, three clocks. Well, of course. Yeah, we have to keep track of, of times yeah. in, in various parts of the world. Just describe the clocks because they're so cool and where they're keeping time and why those it, locations. Yeah, so these are traditional ship clocks in brass. Uh, I bought them in India many years ago. And underneath uh, each and one of them, there is uh, a plaque. Uh, with uh, with uh, you know names of the places they show the time from. So one is uh, DC. You know I had to include the US. I've, I've lived there twice. Once in in DC, and I really enjoyed the time there back in ninety seven ninety eight. Um, so that's the one to the left, and then in the middle it's Naustal, <laughs> which is my village on the Norwegian west coast, and also Oslo time. But I mean everybody goes after Oslo time, so Naustal time is much nicer. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then to kind of spread it around the world and uh, yeah one of my sisters she studied in in uh, new zealand so then auckland is, is the last brass clock on the wall i love it man i love that it's spanning the entire globe in in true gunnar garforce fashion well you know you know we like uh, we're easily traveled let's say <laughs> and uh you have the old time radio which i absolutely love with with the big world map so it's a it's very inspiring space and uh, and i well, there's a secret with the radio actually because uh, it's one of those big ones that that's the piece of furniture you know it, it works as a table and as decoration and it also works as radio but i've taken out all the all the stuff inside uh, where you had your lps and such oh. and that's now a bar so oh. if you open the doors you can you can <laughs> really? have a, a gin tonic or something amazing okay uh -huh. um can I have that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Just going to take that with me today. I did drive here. I love that we're connected. I love that we've built this friendship over the years, just starting with the podcast and, and both living in Oslo, although you're rarely here. Oh, we seem to meet every time I'm here, yeah, which is great. You which know. Is, it's great. I love texting you because I never know what's going to come back, dude. Like the last time I'm like, hey, man, it's been a little while. Like we should 
you know, you want to hang out or something? And you're like, oh, I'm floating down the Amazon on a on a river barge or something. And you send me this picture of, of you and Jackie and uh, your fiance now. Congratulations, oh, by Thank the way. You. In a hammock with like just a load of other hammocks on this boat. And I'm just like, that's what a cool friend. <laughs> like, you know, I just never know what I'm going to get back. So just know when you, you know, text me the pictures back. I'm I'm loving it, man. Yeah, you know, you know, it's always nice to 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 share, you know, what what you're doing, and yeah. I love your questions and your feedback. So, Absolutely. why the hell are you there? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah, I know. I, I don't just ask a lot of questions on the podcast. I ask a lot of questions in real life about, you know, like we we went out to dinner a week ago or two weeks ago, a yeah. week ago, week and a half. Like that could have been a podcast. Like we, you know, talking about travel and life, and you know, slagging off the food and uh, all the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> this is that what was we great do. fun. <laughs> We're gonna get into these seven up and coming destinations for 2024 in just a minute. But I, I did want to also mention your website, garforce.com. I'm gonna force you to put like an email opt in in there so people can sign up and keep keep tabs because you got all these amazing books in Norwegian. They're going to be coming out in English. You have exploded on TikTok. Ah, uh, yeah. Who would have? Who would have? Tell thought? us about that. No, that's that's crazy. That was, um, you know, I ha- I have such insight into social media, so I just immediately. <laughs> oh, that's that's bullshit. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was Jackie. She said I was on I was on TikTok since a year and a half ago, just because a friend said, "Oh, you have to be on TikTok," and I was I probably had uh, two hundred followers, and you know, my posts got like nine views and stuff, and. Then, uh, Jackie said, "Ah, oh, there is this travel trend going around TikTok. You should, you should try it. And and the trend is you have to use a certain kind of music, and then you put a photo of yourself or some travel photo that you have, and then you swipe to the right, and then you see how many countries you've been to uh, on on an app. You put it into an app called Bin, and then you see how oh, you've been to uh, forty nine countries, for instance. And it's and colored in, so it kind of visually shows you. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah, so forty nine countries. That's that's around twenty five percent. And mine is is." Uh, 198 countries, 100%. Uh, and it says, you know, I had one goal on the first picture, then you swipe right, and then uh, 100% achieved. Uh, dot, dot, dot. So, ooh, there is more. And you swipe right one more time, and it says twice. Yeah. And, right. and that just to- totally blew up. <laughs> so, so now it's got eight, eight and a half million views or something. So it's it's, it's insane. And I've got now 20,000 followers on, on TikTok, I, you know, the last 10 days. It's, it's, it's crazy. It. That's crazy. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll link to it so you guys can check it out and, you know, follow him over there. But I love that some of the comments were like, like the one person said, that's the ultimate flex. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I, I suppose it's kind of a show off. But, uh, you know. but you're like, this post took me 15 minutes to put together. I'm like, no, it didn't. It took like 18 years or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. However long it took you to travel <laughs> yeah. to two countries. What was the total time it took you to travel? Yeah, to yeah, yeah, 18 years. Started in 2000. Yeah, I mean. And, uh, yeah, so, it's, so you know, it's been a while. So there you go. If you wanted to hear about the longest ever TikTok post that the longest and, and probably to the most expensive TikTok. to yeah. be fair. Yeah. You know, it, it took me bloody I don't know three hundred thousand dollars to make this post. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At least uh, is that is that an official number? No, no, no. I'm, I'm an estimate. I think yeah. I was sitting down thinking about it. I'm thinking it's, it's between two hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollars somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing around three, four hundred uh, to be more exact, but now, I have uh, no idea. I've just spent way too much money on, on travel. On the other side, I, I would never exchange those experiences no. for, for anything. So yeah. I'll, I'll just be poor. You know, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it seems to be paying off. You're, you have speaking gigs and books and all the stuff you're going on. In your, what would you say is your, um, you know, if you're looking at a spend, is, is what's the ROI, the return on investment for your 
for yourself, for your spirit, what was your return on investment? If you had to summarize that from that spend, no, no, no money-wise, I'm going to have a return on investment when I'm 94 and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on a personal level, you you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much, obviously, about the world. Um, but the most important thing is is well, I mean, learning about yourself is is rather important. But uh, meeting uh, a lot of people, I mean, m- making friends around the world, taking part in their activities, and you know, learning about their their everyday uh, life uh, i think that that's you can't put a price on that or you know that that means so so much and i think that that's one of the things i appreciate most about traveling is to uh, to engage with people around the world i mean the people who actually live there and i understand that uh, some people are nervous about traveling and they want a guidebook and uh, they're a bit shy so maybe they don't get in touch with with locals uh, but then it's it's sort of all about observing you take photos you get loads of likes on social media but you never engage it's not there's no participation there maybe you travel with someone else from your own country um and 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 then it's it's much because then you're a group so it's harder to get in touch with with those people that actually live there they are experts needless to say i mean if you want to do something uh in in oslo or in uh, or in colorado or wherever you're you're from well ask a local who lives there who knows what the cool stuff is don't read a two or three or four year old uh, guidebook that was written by somebody passing through you know it, it goes without saying even though of course guidebooks can be um, a, a nice tool for, for some people yeah yeah I, I, I hate them though if I find a guide but I never buy them if I if I find one on a train or something I, I go through the guidebook to find out where I should avoid going to. <laughs> <laughs> that's an alternative use for a guidebook. I actually like guidebooks I think they're good for inspiration for the trip and I like yeah, there's some good practical stuff in there with like safety tips and things like that, like common scams and oh, stuff like that. Definitely. You can always find that stuff online. You know, it's it's kind of good to know some of that stuff. But uh, I, but, I but if you, you have a guidebook, like, yeah, just don't. Uh, I mean, if, let's say you're sitting on a bus going through a country uh, or from one city to another in in this country, and you're surrounded by locals. And instead, you're sitting there reading, you know, Lonely, Lonely Planet Rwanda or Lonely Planet uh, Paraguay or something. That's that's like an insult to those people. I mean, there might be a language barrier, which is fair, but you know, at least try to to reach out to the locals. They know so much more than than what is written in a guidebook. You know, the every country in the world twice thing. I do want to make a distinction so people understand because there are. This is a whole, it's called a subgenre of travel, like traveling to every country and ranking people and how much they've traveled and things like that. And that's that's all well and good, but I, as we were talking about before we were recording, some of those people are just you know driving through. You know, we use an example of a guy that drove through ten regions in one day just to kind of check the boxes. And that's not you. That's not your style of travel. So when you say you've been to these places, it's not that you've popped in and then you've just like you know stepped off the plane, spent like had lunch there and left and went to the next country. You have spent quality time in these places yeah on, on average it's been uh, 10 days in every country i've, no. uh, I've stayed overnight uh, in absolutely all of them including the vatican where there is no hotel so yeah where did you sleep in the vatican yeah on, on the street you know okay, so yeah, i, I right. made friends with other people sleeping on the street like, you know yeah. so we kind of we kind of bonded so that was kind of I a thing that. they have a guest house in the vatican but unless you're a state leader or very high up in, in the catholic church you're you're not going to be invited there and i mean i was uh, i was uh, you know in norway we have a state church so I, I was uh, confirmed at my confirmation at age of uh, was it 15 or 16 but I'm of course that the Protestant church is not the you know <laughs> Catholic one right. I guess I didn't qualify so no. slept on the street they let you stay in the yeah. street but of course I also I have done some uh, some crazy uh, stupid 
uh, excuse my language, such as, uh, you know, trying to visit as many countries as you, as you can in 24 hours. There's a world record of doing 19 countries in 24 hours. And that's something uh, I wouldn't count I wouldn't I wouldn't call that traveling even so that's sort of a, um, a sort of a logistical a record right uh, yeah. and uh, you know so, so those countries I've been to uh, at least twice before so, so, so you know because then you're in, in one of the countries yeah, Kosovo, Kosovo for instance we were in for two minutes just crossing the border you know you're getting a stamp and a photograph and then on we, we went in order to 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 achieve our goal of, of setting this yeah. world record like you but, said it was a logistical record not yeah exactly so it, it really that's doesn't not exactly happen. a line with yeah it's no. not aligned with what we were just talking about no 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 so, so so that's something totally different it's uh, it might be stupid but it it's really nice to go with some friends and and you know achieve something that no one has ever ever done before yeah but, uh you know a waste of money in, in some <laughs> some ways but we had a hell of a party afterwards you yeah. know? <laughs> before we get into this list i think it's it's really cool for people to know you're working on a really interesting book uh, you always come up with these great i think ideas and approaches to travel and this one is a, a unique one I thought I haven't I haven't seen it done before the book you're working on can you yeah, so currently I'm I'm writing a book about uh, the three circles, the three main circles around the globe. Uh, it's about the equator. It's also about the Arctic Circle and the Antarctic Circle. So I'm traveling uh, to to the countries and, and places alongside these circles, and I'm talking to uh, to local people. and um, And the source of the the common theme is is how uh, global warming or climate change um, is affecting these people, uh, if it is uh, affecting them at all, and then. I'm trying to compare, you know, what people are alongside the equator, the, the hot, some of the hottest places in the world, um, com, you know, compared to people living uh, up north in the Arctic. You know, how how is um, the warming climate affecting them compared to people alongside the the equator? And of course, the Antarctic Circle it only crosses uh, Antarctica on, on a couple of places. So, yeah, yeah. so there's not going to be anyone living there permanently, but there are some bases and, and people I, I I speak to. Right. to that work there yeah and so you're going back to you're going to all these countries on the equator how many countries are there uh, around the equator the equator you have 13 countries um and alongside the arctic circle there were eight yeah and uh, down south yeah only antarctica okay. so i mean all of this is to say as you can hear clearly a travel expert as i said <laughs> in the beginning so this list isn't just you know coming out of some random research on the internet or whatever this is like real world travel experience you are the most traveled person I know, and you are the person that's traveling the most out of anybody I know. So I was really excited that you took the time to put this list together. And I, I guess we should just frame it up a little bit. When we say up-and-coming destinations, what does that mean to you? And these aren't places that maybe there's some tourist infrastructure. It, you know, It's not like nobody's ever been there, obviously, but it, they're they're on the rise, let's say, in terms of a place to go, maybe a place you should get to before the masses yeah is, is, would that be I, I would say that's that's accurate and also we see that yeah more and more people are traveling again now after the pandemic i mean the levels are almost back to or even higher than than what they were before uh, the pandemic and a lot of people are traveling they're doing the source of the tourist route around the world they're doing bali and indonesia um even though i mean bali is awful it's so touristy whereas indonesia is incredible there's so many nice places but you know we are kind of uh, sheep 
in many ways. You know, follow the masses, and we do exactly the same as everybody else. It's also like copycat tourism. So I saw something cool on TikTok or on Instagram. I'm going to do exactly the same thing. Instead of thinking, oh, you know, I saw something cool on TikTok. uh, Okay, maybe I could uh, adjust that a little bit and and do something different that's that's maybe even better. And maybe I can be, uh, you know, maybe I can influence other people instead of of being a follower. Uh, So, and I see we're seeing more and more of that people more and more people luckily are uh, are thinking a little bit outside the box they're growing more independent travel wise and they're looking for uh, places a little bit out of the ordinary or at least uh, not necessarily countries but you know regions or islands or or mountains or rivers or, or whatever and and we're seeing some countries they're investing a lot of money in in uh, infrastructure um and that's good in many ways it's bad in some other ways uh, but you know it's all about being being balanced and we're seeing over tourism in so many places which is really bad for almost everybody involved locals and, and tourists alike so so i think it's it's good to spread uh, tourism you you know, it's also we're also talking about money here and the incomes of a lot of people. So let's spread this out to to more communities and um, and and help them grow. Uh, I think that's uh, that should be one one part of, of traveling. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite street streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know We love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit, and there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there. And that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself. And that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. Obviously, the world's, all these places are changing and evolving constantly. And yeah, to kind of get the jump on 
some of these places, uh, you know, in real time, you know, you can hear people tell old war stories like, oh, I, I remember when I was, you know, in Costa Rica in the 90s or whatever, and it's so much more established now. But oh, and people say, oh, I wish I could have been there then. You know, that would be cool. Well, like, listen up. Because these are those places now <laughs> that yeah, yeah, in 10 yeah. or 20 years, people would be like, oh, it would have been so cool to go there then. Let's get into it. Where do we start? I know you haven't really necessarily ranked these, but we might have a bonus one, too. I we'll talk about that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know all of these. We, I heard you guys talking about them. You were, you were kind of brainstorming the list, but I didn't catch all of them. So this is kind of new to me, which is cool. But uh, yeah, where do you want to start, man? You're, you you design this as a little trip around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, like I mean, that's it. kind of the, the the nature of your podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, take yeah. people around the world. <laughs> it's in Norwegian. We can link to it, but yeah, mo- yeah, most of it is in Norwegian. We have some episodes with with uh, English speaking guests. Okay, but, yeah. yeah, we'll link to it. Um, so yeah, let's start in your neck of the woods in North America. Ooh, oh yeah, the I, USA, up and coming destination. Well, you know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only said North America. I didn't say the USA. <laughs> I know, there are twenty three countries. You know, we say US. Say, oh, USA. Yeah, we I'll, automatically think. No, I'm kidding. I'll, I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. you're engaged to an American now, so you understand. You know, yeah, you know, when we, we met, and that's uh, that's going to be that's one year ago tomorrow, actually. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. So we're having okay. uh, having Happy some, so, uh, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as uh, so we got together, and uh, you know, fell in love and everything, and I told her, you know, I, I was never going to go out with an American, and and she <laughs> Why said, "Why is that?" Yeah, yeah, and she said, "Me neither." <laughs> <laughs> so, she's in the other room by the way oh yeah so. i know she's she's listening in no no i i you know i i uh, i've lived in in the united states uh, twice and i have a lot of good american friends uh but also when you look at uh, let's not get into politics too much but uh well one of your political parties has, has gone absolutely off the rails and uh, I, I really don't appreciate that way of um what your country have uh, have let's say grown into or, or let's say fallen into maybe uh there's it's so divided in many ways and uh, uh, you know, human rights are being let's say challenged lots of weapons all over the place mass shootings and uh, you know I don't really appreciate that half or that's 25% of, of the United States right right uh, <laughs> maybe un- I should leave it that un- understood understood <laughs> well I mean yeah it's uh I do live in Norway, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> say, say no more. <laughs> All right, North America. North America, yeah. One of the 23 countries in North America. Now, so um, we have uh, a country that's relatively uh, touristy, or it has tourist pockets at least, uh, the Dominican Republic. Um, but uh, I, so I would like to suggest to go to the northern coast of the Dominican Republic. It's amazing for kite surfing uh, there's a brilliant uh, beaches uh, lots of uh, really good restaurants you know you have oysters you have seafood you have, you have vegetarian dishes uh, lots of uh, good meat so there's something for for everybody uh, there uh, language wise uh, there's no problem in Dominican Republic you know m- most people speak English even though uh, Spanish is their their, their um, uh, official uh, official language but I mean stay out of, of the touristy city like uh, cities like Punta Cana on, on the east side, uh, Santo Domingo, the capital, also nice. Uh, but I, I would still recommend the northern side of um, of the country. Yeah, okay. And you guys as a were bonus, just there, right? 
Sorry, you were just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just there as well. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, on the way to uh, to South America, uh, Jackie's uh, father lives in Dominican Republic, um, and so so he showed us around uh, and some uh, some hidden gems um, around the country. And if you uh, if you want something more, let's say something more adventurous, do check the updates on the security here. But uh, Haiti is next door on the same island, um, and um, there are lots of security issues, especially in, in Port-au-Prince, the, the capital. But uh, Haiti as well, an incredible country. So that's sort of a bonus if you would like to uh, to venture outside the Dominican Republic. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this at dinner, meeting the in-laws for the first time, or one of the in-laws. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's uh, that's his new title, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what 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 happened when uh, you you told him that you were gonna go talk to some guerrilla warfare type of people in Colombia? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so I told him. Yeah. <laughs> so I told him. Yeah. So, so Mike. Yeah, we're going to South America. Yeah. Wow. I like South America. What are you doing there? No. Well, you know, I'm researching this book. So I'm I'm going to interview uh, this guerrilla leader in Colombia. With my daughter? <laughs> well, you know, I'll keep her safe. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and, and then I can't remember the next two hours he beat the uh, out of me. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're still friends. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah, think. Yeah. You yeah, know. yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're still allowed to get married. Yeah, well, okay. apparently, yeah. That's great. Great kickoff. Dominican Republic, Northern Coast. Yeah, 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 and and you know, but the good thing about uh, some of these uh, other uh, places you can fly into is that you can find some cheap flights going there. So even Punta Cana, even though it's all the way on the east coast, uh, you can fly in there if you find a cheap flight, get a rental car, or uh, use public transport. Although the buses, the buses aren't great uh, all over the all over the country. But but look about it up. Uh, you know, most people will fly into Santo Domingo. You can fly into Santiago, which is very near the north coast. You have Punta, Punta Cana, and you have uh, a couple of other um, uh, airports, international airports. Yeah, okay, cool. So that's also some budget, uh, potential uh, saving tip as well. Indeed. All right, what do you got next? Yeah, let's go down to South America. Do you need a bite of your pastry, by the way? I know we're, we're, we're drinking coffee and eating pastries here. And well, you brought pastry, yeah. If that's, you need, that's no, amazing. it's just what well, you guys bake some or something. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. If you need to take a break and, you know, get oh, sugared no, no, up, I'm go ahead. good. I, yeah. I, I have some sugar, you I know. want you to get through Can't, can't okay. you tell, you know. There's <laughs> 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 some sugar and coffee. So uh, it's always, always needed to, to get us going Absolutely. in the morning. Uh, so let's go down to uh, South America. Um, the continent with the fewest number of countries, only 12. and uh, But, I mean, it's a vast continent. It's really, really exciting. Um, and I'm going to talk about something that not a lot of people have done, but we're seeing a growing number of foreigners actually traveling with local transport on the Amazon, the okay. river. Yeah, uh, and this is something you can you can do. Uh, you can take a small trip on uh, the Amazon, or you can travel down all all of it or most of it. If you know, start in in Peru uh, or Colombia or even in Ecuador, um, and you go go down river, uh, and you will end up in Brazil uh, eventually. So either start in, in uh, Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia, or uh, somewhere in, in Brazil, uh, Manaus. It's a huge city in the middle of the rainforest. Um, it's sort of uh, half, it's one third or two thirds, uh, looking on the map here, two thirds down river approximately, around two million people living there. So you have international flights, so you can get uh, cheap flights going in there. And from there, if you travel down river, you will eventually get to, to the Atlantic Ocean. 
Yeah, okay. of course, traveling downriver is faster than traveling upriver for for obvious reasons. So again, if you want to go upriver, it just uh, sets aside more more uh, time. The speed is not great. You travel on these uh, these old ferries. Um, you need to bring a hammock. Or you pray extra, and you can, you can have your own cabin, air condition, and all the rest of it. But if you want to meet the locals that travel this way, uh, you should definitely stay in a hammock on the top of the the boat. They typically have a bar, um, and and we were there on a Friday and a Saturday, and and it's really happening in the bar. You know, we we were sitting next to two girls. She was just reading a book, and a couple of hours later, she was she was you know really snogging this other guy. You know. <laughs> So this is there's a, apparently a place where you where you can hook up, you yeah, know, okay. find find someone. Yeah. I Not much know. privacy because I you, when you sent me the picture, these ha- I mean, when you say there's hammocks up there, there's not much space in between them. How many hammocks do you think were? Yeah, well, we took uh, two uh, two ferries. So the first one was 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 probably three or four times as big as the second one. Uh, so that was from Manaus down to Santarém. If you go to Google Maps or some other map, and that's about a thirty-hour um, run downriver, um, and on the, I don't know how many hammocks, probably like three hundred, maybe two hundred, two or three, yeah, maybe two hundred. And on the next boat from Santa Ram to Macapa, uh, took uh, yeah a little bit longer, thirty-two, thirty-three hours. On a much smaller boat, so maybe on that one, yeah, maybe a hundred or eighty. And are, are you stopping on the way as as a train would or a bus yeah. would, and picking people up? Yeah. And and do you have time to get off, or is it just like a cruise where you're? No, you don't really have time. I mean, you can jump off and, and back into the boat. If but then you have two minutes, uh, you know, on yeah. the ground. You're not the really experience allowed to do is that. being on the Amazon. Yeah, it is, and and of course you can split it up, so you can stop, and you, you should if you have the time, you should stop in in smaller villages. To to um, uh, they get a feel of, of those instead of only the big cities, but you know Manaus, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a huge city um, with loads of restaurants and, and very nice hotels. There's lots of trips and tours by boat or by uh, chartered airplane or whatever out in, into the jungle. Um, there is a road going north um, and one going south as well, so I mean you can drive here and there. Uh, but it really feels, I mean, the city, it feels like a normal city, but, you know, on every side you have, uh, you have the jungle and you have, uh, you have the river running through it. Santarem, it's, it's smaller, so much more cozy and it, it feels safer, uh, fewer people, uh, but also a lovely atmosphere and, and plenty of stuff to do with possibilities to, to take excursions here and there. And also you have the, the pink river dolphins, uh, they're oh. everywhere. They're jumping really? like crazy. Wow. And it's so cool. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you you should you should definitely bring some uh, some uh, camera gear with, with with you know zoomable lenses or something if you want close ups, and uh, sometimes sometimes they you know they swim uh, alongside the the boat like sort of uh, speeding, or um, you know showing That's off that they can uh, swim so a lot faster than the boat can can go. What did you like about the experience? No, it's getting c- uh, close to people. It's traveling uh, how uh, normal uh, people, uh, if if you like, in this part of the world, how they travel. This is their highway. Yeah, the Amazon. Were, were is there their not highway. many other tourists on the boat? Uh, not many. There no. are a few. Yeah. Uh, and a few years ago, there was uh, virtually none. So this is uh, it has by no means exploded. Up and coming. It's it's definitely up and, and coming. And and it's really strange to see. I mean, Manaus, you know, 60, 70 hours up up river, or you know, longer when you're going up river, but. 
you see huge oil tankers and, and uh, cargo ships and everything have gone all the way from the Atlantic and all the, all the way up to Manaus. It's, it's really a big river with lots of traffic. And just seeing this and experiencing this, and yeah, preferably you should be stopping um, a couple of or several places alongside, uh, along the river, uh, you really get a good feel of it. And you can also venture further into, um, or start further up uh, upstream and go down if, if, if you have time. If you were going to stop, would you just kind of randomly do it? Just say, hey, this looks good. Let's say, would you maybe plan that ahead yeah no well maybe check that there is some accommodation right, there yeah. but i mean people are really friendly there's so you probably source it out one way or another yeah people invite you or if you have, have a hammock i mean you probably have a hammock because yeah, you're going on a boat right. anyway right so, so you'd be you'd be sorted uh further up river i was also in uh, sao gabriel it's a, a smaller uh town yeah uh, further up the river in uh, brazil so, it's, so from there and down to Manaus is about uh, 48 hours on, on one of these ferries. Okay. Uh, they have a, f- a beautiful beach. I mean, it's like being oh, yeah. by the wow. ocean, but it's, it's so white and nice sand. Um, and so people are on the beach every night, you know, they're drinking, they're hanging out, playing music. Yeah. Uh, people are swimming before beach dark. Beach town vibes. It, it yeah. really is in the middle of the Amazon. So, so that's, that's one, cool. um, one possibility to get even closer or even further into the, um, uh, the rainforest, if, if you like. And on how, the border, much, how much was the ferry? Uh, the the ferry is uh, typically thirty dollars for uh, for uh, you know for the whole ride. Night. Yeah, for I mean, for thirty hours. So, you know, it's about one dollar an hour. Compare that <laughs> to you know just Google Amazon cruise or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. they have these package tours. It can cost thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, it's a different standard, and you're stopping and things like that, but. It, it, it's definitely a different uh, standard, and, and these exist, and especially in Manaus, you, you can get many, uh, lots of these. You get really nice cabins, it's air-conditioned, you might even get your own chef and all the rest of it. But yeah, you pay top dollar uh, for that. And um, and some of them will take you in to meet uh, tribes in, in the jungle. Um, and then it turns out, I spoke to one tour guide, and I asked how much he was charging, and it, it, it was it was insane amounts. It was like $13,000 for thirteen thousand dollars for for a four or five day trip for for a couple of people uh which is uh, to me uh, relatively insane and then he showed me some photos uh, of the tribes and, and you know some of them are but these you're not going to be able to to meet because they live too far in and they don't really want visitors but the tribes you're, you're being taken to they they have houses that are similar to to our houses um, they will possibly show you some more traditional houses where where they don't which they don't really use anymore they were in clothing like us you know like Manchester United shirts or, <laughs> right. or Red Sox shirts or something like that and um, so they seem exactly like us but they, they live in in the jungle and and you pay top dollar to to come to visit uh, some of these um, you, you need permits to be able to visit most of the tribes there uh, if you don't speak Portuguese uh, then you really need a guide to sort this out for you uh, so, so that of course can be one reason to pay a lot of money uh, maybe <laughs> yeah 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 there's some things in travel that I feel there's certain things that I'd love to experience but I would like for them to happen organically. And if they don't, that's okay too, kind of thing. Kind of being at peace with uh, that rather than 
paying top dollar for I'm using that as an example right yeah it's also like manufactured fun if you like yeah <laughs> right and it doesn't really feel real and you know that you know there's a lot of money here and the tour operator is probably taking 90 percent or even more of the money um and it's, it's, i don't know it gets this sort of a bad taste in your mouth uh, well so i i really don't like those kind of uh, trips uh but you know to many people that that might be the only way to to meet uh, locals in in, in sao gabriel i was there just coincidentally i was there on the annual um tribe party uh, and all of the different tribes are not all of them but then there i think there are 23 tribes around uh, sao gabriel and uh, at least 15 or 18 of them were doing like huge dances so it's like a dancing competition oh wow They're all dressed up in in, in costumes and and so first you have a dance you have the the people who did judges they're you yeah know, okay you, you yeah know, making sure you can actually say the norwegian word to me if you forget and yeah don't mind on that yeah there you go uh, so that was inc incredible and then, and then afterwards you had the live bands on stage that was outdoor uh, and people are drinking and bar huge barbecues yeah. and, and all very the festive of it. and just very yeah. festive so, so i got in the middle of this thing so so you know i met loads of of, of people from different tribes and again as i said they look exactly like us you know um the skin color a tiny bit darker but clothing wise exactly like us and they're driving cars they're living in normal houses or, or flats most of them but but we have this notion this romantic nostalgic notion that uh, all the um, all, all the natives in, in the amazonas they live in, in in huts in the middle of the rainforest very few of them actually do and uh, then uh, at the end uh, we went off in macapa it's actually on the equator uh, on very close to the atlantic um and there you have uh, if you're into sports you have a stadium a football stadium uh and on the middle line on the middle line of the of the of the field that is exactly on the equator really it is wow. fantastic that's uh, so cool so, so you have one you have one team defending the northern hemisphere <laughs> and you have, you have one team defending the southern hemisphere wow so so we want to to check this out because you know mm. i like kind of a quirky stuff like this yeah yeah, and, yeah. Uh, sure i and, mean and, and it's what makes you, the world interesting yeah, right? absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to was, know that there's a soccer pitch somewhere right on the equator that's, uh, that's and there's a big uh, you know there's a place uh, there are I mean, thousands of thousands of uh, of the spectators are uh, there's place you know a seat for thousands of people yeah and uh, there's a lot of planning gone into this they've be really been thinking it through yeah. i just love this incredible so, and you can walk in there's there are no gates or anything you can just yeah. walk uh, walk in and of course i had to run around the mid-circle a few times just as i guess sure northern hemisphere southern hemisphere northern hemisphere <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah you become like a 10 year old kid but yeah well you know, it's uh it, so is it me. winter on one side and summer on the other side if you yeah, get cold yeah. you just kind of migrate over to the well, other side exactly. of the stadium <laughs> So if you stand one one foot on, in the north, and one, and, okay, yeah. one foot in the north, one foot in the south, and uh, you I'll know. stop with the bad jokes. Well, I swear. you know, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that sounds funny. incredible, man. All right, I mean, I, when I when I saw the hammocks and the boat and the thing, and I'm glad that this was on the list because that was something I was immediately was like, oh, I want to do this one day. So, yeah, and and uh, really just cool. to to finish that off on the boats, uh, they have uh, clean toilets, like a lot of toilets for for yeah. Male that was and the female. first thing I asked Jackie. I was like, how are the toilets? Yeah, she was like, no, they're, they're clean. Really clean. Uh, they're cleaned all the time, <laughs> and there's a shower in there as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. no, it's just so uh, you know, staying clean, <laughs> you know, yeah, so right. to speak, it, it's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, so it is very hygienic and uh, it's totally fine. And if you want to, you can have, but that's much much more expensive. Like uh, it's probably five or ten times 
uh, higher. Uh, the price is five or ten, ten times higher than uh, than a hammock. But then it can get your own cabin with your own bathroom and all the rest but of it. You, but yeah. then you don't really hang out with the others. Right. You don't meet them. Um, your hammock is not touching the other one when there when there's waves or, yeah, or, yeah. or the wind or whatever. That close, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's very close. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. All right. What do we have next? Well, let's cross the Atlantic, shall we, and go to uh, uh, Africa and uh, Namibia. Um, and I think Namibia, it's, uh, it's uh, a very exciting country. It's, uh, you have some of the highest or even the highest sand dunes in, in the world. Uh, it's good for uh, extreme sports, you know, parachuting and uh, hang gliding, uh, going, what do you call it, a s- snowboarding on sand. Um, a lot of possibilities for that. It's, it's, a, re- it's a very developed country. Um, it's safe. A lot of us go to South Africa, but Namibia is, is it feels and is much uh, much safer uh, and also uh, very well developed. You have possibilities for there are national parks, a lot of sand, but you also have national parks in in the north. You have a huge seal colony on on the coast, which uh, is really fascinating. You can just walk alongside the the, the seals, like uh, what do you call it? puppy seals, yeah, and big grown up ones. But the smell is awful <laughs> yeah yeah they're they so have an cozy. interesting smell huh? <laughs> seals and yeah you can smell them from a oh, ways away absolutely yeah. but they're so <laughs> cute though you can take so many amazing photographs and you know it's so uh, it's so nice for the people watching those photographs that mm. there is no smell functionality <laughs> with photographs it smells awful smell vision hasn't been invented so, so you just have to throw away your clothes afterwards or throw them straight yeah. into the washing machine <laughs> otherwise uh, you will not make any more friends you know in, in Namibia but it, it, it's a great country and if, if you um, if you want to you, you can also cross into Botswana it's great for uh, safaris mm-hmm. uh, it's less known than uh, the most famous ones Tanzania Kenya and South Africa uh, some amazing safari possibilities in, in the neighboring country yeah but Namibia uh, top uh, top spot uh, you have Windhoek uh, which is in the middle of the country it's a, it's a nice capital but alongside mm-hmm. the, the coast you have uh, Woolwich Bay and uh, Swakopmund are, are two small uh, towns that are quite nice to you know hang out to yeah ha- okay to. and he's pretty easy to travel around yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i yeah. mean uh, i probably recommend getting a, a rental car or hire a car with a driver uh, you can get those uh, just you know ask around and you get good prices on, on on both of those okay yeah i just read yesterday uh about namibia they have i think it was only two and a half million people in the country so it sounds like it's very spacious in oh, that way in terms absolutely of, yeah not a lot of not a lot of uh, congestion. Not, not a lot yeah. of anything, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but the people are there they're very friendly. You also can see penguins uh, in, in Namibia. Yeah, uh, wow. So they occasionally migrate that far north. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, are typically based outside Cape Town in South Africa. Um, so it's also easy to combine. You know, if you go to South Africa, uh, you know, fly in or, or take a bus from Cape Town or, or uh, elsewhere in um, in South Africa. So yeah. it's, it's an easy, easy country to, to get to that makes another great point is that if there's a sort of a high level place of interest that a lot of people travel to like cape town you can piggyback something like this onto a trip like that and have those experiences for at an up-and-coming destination Mm. but still have part of your trip somewhere 
like yeah. that, you know, Cape Town, if you wanted to go see that. No, see for that. sure. And I mean, yeah. a lot of people want to do, uh, see Cape Town. It's a wonderful uh, yeah. city. I've heard by, it's by, amazing. By, no, by all nothing. means. And the same, we mentioned Bali earlier. Yeah. Okay, so you really want to go to Bali. Okay, if you really want to go to Bali, go to Bali. But okay, maybe two or three days and then explore elsewhere mm. in, in Indonesia instead of hanging out there for, for, for two weeks. Yeah. So I think, you know, always think this way. If everybody goes to Bali or everybody goes to, uh, to Cape Town... Uh, okay take a hint yeah. don't don't you know don't do the same as everybody else you right. know yeah. minimize the time there and and try to be more original perhaps yeah cool love it we'll get back to the interview in just a moment would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day i've tried it all i've done the pour over i've done the french press but i tasted an aeropress coffee many years ago and <laughs> immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. All right. We got, we're on number four now. Oh, uh, yeah. Already. Well, I know. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a fast way of traveling, Jason. <laughs> so, but I think we, uh, so as you might uh, realize, we're, uh, we're popping by every continent here. Well, except Antarctica. So we're going to Europe. I, I, I would expect nothing less. No, of you, <laughs> you know, we have to spread <laughs> spread the pleasures in here. True Garforce fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going quite far north, almost directly north. We're going to um, a vastly underestimated country in Europe, I would say. Okay. Uh, Romania. Yes, and it's uh, it's got everything. You have uh, you have the big city life, a really happening town in, in Bucharest, the capital. Amazing nightlife, incredible food, a lot of really good wines. They make a l very good wines in in Romania. Uh, nobody nobody's even heard about Romanian wines, or most people haven't. But there is a lot of quality there. Um, you have uh, you know, Dracula Land, Dracula Land, uh, if you know Transylvania, with uh, in, incredible mountains, uh, fantastic scenery, so many possibilities for for hikes. Uh, you have old uh, castles, uh, including the Dracula Castle, uh, you know, known from uh, from the novel. 
Uh, and you also have beaches uh, by the Black Sea. There, there are uh, f- beautiful beaches as well. So Romania is a country that's got everything. It's got a bad reputation um, uh, lately in, in several countries around Europe. Uh, you have uh, uh, people from the Rom community. Uh, not all of them are from Romania, uh, but they're typically uh, begging in a lot of European cities. And uh, there's some petty theft uh, that's associated uh, with them. I'm not saying they are committing this necessarily, but but that's the reputation they have. Uh, so typically, a lot of people uh, think that this is Romania. But mm. the, but Romania is so much uh, so much more, mm. and it's 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 a truly uh, fantastic mm. country to go to. Mm. Do you have a yeah, like a special memory from? Well, it, we um, so I have five friends of mine and, and me. We have this what we call travel club. And so yeah, this, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea. This is one people can steal. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, uh, no, it's copyrighted actually. So, so you cannot do this. <laughs> no, so we have this. Uh, we, we just it's not very original. Maybe the name, but we just call it the travel club. Yeah. And uh, and the first rule of travel club: do not talk about travel club. <laughs> right. So, so I'm, I'm breaking the rule Already. now. Right now. <laughs> like the, the fight club but it's, it's, uh, there are six of us uh, all good friends uh, we used to work together back in the day set the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation and we uh, we all like to travel so we decided to to travel once a year but we wanted to do it a bit differently so um, so every year one of us is in charge uh, and all the, the five others have no idea where we're going we put some money into into an account or into the account of the, the leader uh, this year and he will then sort out everything so we meet wherever you know we typically meet in the airport in oslo uh, once we went by train we went to sweden so we had to meet uh, you know at the train station um uh, and and then we we're told we're given boarding passes or whatnot and um and then oh so we're going to in That's, this case romania that. so, so that was cool. that was my my trip to romania and uh, so we went. We met in the airport, and I gave them uh, boarding passes. There were no direct flights. You organized this one. I organized yeah, the, the right. Romania one. So uh, we um, met them in the airport, and there were, there were no direct flights to to Bucharest from Oslo at the time. There, there is no. Um, so I gave them boarding passes to uh, to Vienna, uh, and then I gave them uh, the second part of the boarding pass, uh, Vienna Baku in Azerbaijan. Uh, and especially one of the guys in Travel Club, he really doesn't like countries he hasn't really heard about, including Azerbaijan. And he, he almost wet his pants. He was uh, <laughs> he's like, Baku? Where, where is Baku? No, it's Azerbaijan. <laughs> so he kind of freaked out. <laughs> so, of course, when we landed in Vienna and then we go, you know, transit and they're looking on the screen. So where's the flight to Baku? And I said, I had to sort of tell them, now, actually, we're not going to Baku. We're going to Bucharest. And, and the nervous guy, uh, he, uh, he, you know, I, this, the, the, the sight of relief could be heard all over Vienna. You know, Austria was, was like a big <laughs> atomic bomb or the, the, the opposite of that. Uh, you echoing know. through the canyons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we went to, to Bucharest. We, uh, we hired a car. Uh, we went to uh, the Dracula Castle in Transylvania. Uh, um, lots of incredible food in, in Bucharest. And, yeah. Uh, had had a great uh, great time there. Nice. I, I love that travel club concept. If anybody's listening and want to steal that with their group of friends, it's just a, it's a, something exciting about packing up for a trip that you have no idea where you're going. It is, we have a word for this on on the west coast in Norway. We call it um, a blue trip. 
Yeah, uh, okay. So uh, I don't know why it's called a blåtur or blue trip. Yeah. But that, that's what it's, it's called. So typically really? people okay. do this within Norway or within their city or yeah. wherever. So you go and, and, and you typically have good food, good drinks. And, but we, we, we've taken it a step, uh, step further. And it's, it's a really good uh, excuse to, to meet. And we have to set aside one more time during the year. Uh, and that's typically around Christmas. So we call it the Christmas party. And that's when we decide on the date. Because, I mean, people have kids and wives and uh, all the rest of it, dogs yeah. or whatever. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so they have to. So we have to find this one weekend yeah. or long weekend where the we can magical, actually... Yeah. yeah. But, the of course, weekend. at the Christmas party, this Christmas uh, meeting, uh, that's great fun as well. And, we, we you know, we, uh, we, we find a nice restaurant in Oslo and, and uh, tell stories and, and lie a lot and all the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to plan a blue trip for my wife for her upcoming big birthday next year. Yeah, I, I can't, oh, I can't, can't mention it. 40th. Oh, ah, yeah, I can't, nice. I can't mention any, anything about it here, but I got some ideas. I'll have to talk to you about it offline. But uh, yeah, we, we did it once. She took me to, I, I was really annoyed because I was in Norway at that point for, I don't know how long. I'd been back and forth for like a year or two, you know? And it's fun to go to a new country that you'd never been to. And I still hadn't been to Sweden. Oh, wow. I'm just like, this seems ridiculous. How have I not been to Sweden? I got to go take a trip to Sweden at some point. Anyway, she organized a trip to Gothenburg ah, one, nice. uh, one weekend. So she said, meet me at the train station. You know, it was kind of like a Jason Bourne thing. Like, oh. don't, don't ask questions. You know, <laughs> no, no. Meet me at the train station. Don't ask questions. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? Were you, blindfold? Were you blindfolded? Uh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but uh, that would have been good. So yeah, so we went, we went there, and it, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good feeling to not to have somebody plan everything first of all, and then not know where you're going. I mean, because everything, because so nice. everything, because it's not only about where you're going. Because yeah. uh, the, the person in charge, or your wife, or on our travel club, yeah, he or she will organize everything. Yeah, and so you know the dinners and the excursions, right. and the Activities and uh, it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, so you always... can just sit back and relax. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's why people love package tours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you mention Come it, to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change Ooh. this list. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, there's a time and a place for. That kind of thing, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love it. So you want to you go further east? Yeah, I do. Let's go to uh, one of the stans. There are seven stans in, in the English language. I mean, stan only means country. So, yeah. so if you look in other languages, you have many more stans. But um, in Norwegian and uh, English uh, stans, uh, we're going to Uzbekistan. Okay. So there are five former Soviet republics that are end with Stan, and you also have Pakistan and Afghanistan. Uh, Uzbekistan is on the Silk Road. Um, it's uh, it's a partly mountainous country. Uh, you have um, it's, it's great for for hikes. It's great for um, uh, ar- archaeology, I suppose. You know, seeing all these um, uh, old um, uh, buildings of, of worship and of trade and all the rest of it. And you have, in particular, you have two two old towns: it's Bukhara in the south. And you have Samarkand, which is even more famous, um, uh, nearby the border to Tajikistan. And it's truly fascinating to, to walk through these uh, these old buildings uh, with with tiles uh, covering all of them, colorful tiles. 
and, and we were there. We actually met a, a, a tile maker. But it, of course, these break. You know, these buildings are hundreds, almost you know, if not thousands of, of years old. Yeah. Uh, so of course, these tiles don't last forever. So so we met a tile maker. So he was making new tiles to to replace broken ones. Mm. You know, and this is going on. Uh, it's gone on forever. A very important job, obviously, to to keep them uh, keep them yeah. uh, buildings uh, good. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. I love a good colorful tile. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds ridiculous. I actually have a couple at home from Portugal that found this shop that has sells these old tiles that have been taken off from, who knows, 16th, 17th, 18th century, these types of things. And I was with a buddy and he's like, uh, oh, I like, I, he, he knew where the shop was. And so we went and uh, he's like, yeah, you can turn this into like a coaster or something. So that's what I have done. I have a, a old like 17th century tile from Portugal as a, as the coaster for my water up near my uh, in I love my, it. Uh, podcast studio. Yeah. It's just like a little, these little, some of these little travel mo- historical mementos, they're nice to, like your clocks, for example. Well, yeah, actually. They're just absolutely. a nice, uh, I, I don't have a lot of stuff like that, but they're kind of nice to have around. So yeah, and you have a, there's always a story behind it. Yeah. And Uzbekistan, being a former Soviet Union Republic, you have old Ladas everywhere. Uh, we met some, I was there with a friend of mine, Ospern, we call him Dr. Vodka, and my brother Einstein. <laughs> Dr. Don't, Vodka? Yeah, don't don't ask. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a long story. That's, okay, that's yeah, for an entire yeah. podcast. You, yeah. should, you should have him on your show. He's, he's an amazing guy. Right. And he um uh well, you know, we got in touch with some some locals in in a bar and we ended up deciding to go to another bar just in Samarkand. So it's you know, it's uh it's not a huge city, but it, it's kind of spread out, so we're driving to to a different place. And so we ended up eight of us end up in this little Lada a taxi lada yeah. but you know so the taxi driver is, is oh, no problem so like four people in the front and uh, including the driver and, and four people in the back and you know off off we go it's like one dollar to to go to the next the next place it's uh uh, it, it's pretty it, pretty affordable. Yeah, very, 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 very affordable. Is it a place where you have to like bring all your cash, or do they have ATM machines and kind of no, like in that way? Is it no, a, they have ATM machines, yeah. but I mean, always bring some dollars or, or euro uh, in, yeah. in cash just in case. Yeah. Um, problem with the currency is that uh, it takes a lot of space. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, when yeah. you, if you change a hundred dollars, you, you get a bag full of money. So, so that's literally. Yeah, literally, uh, literally. Yeah, you know. So, so, so we had to carry my brother. We we're just gonna we we dumped our, our backpacks in in the hotel, uh, and I was said, no, just had to empty one of the backpacks and fill it with money because there was so much after wow. we exchanged. So uh, because of inflation and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's um it's, I, I can't ex- uh, remember the exchange uh, rate right now, but yeah. you get a lot of money, which yeah. is kind of cool. But after a while, it gets annoying because right. uh, <laughs> takes yeah, so long like time to pay. Yeah, like you literally have to have a briefcase full of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a backpack, or a plastic bag, or yeah. whatever you like. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> and if you want, uh, you also have the capital Tashkent uh, up in the north. Um, so for for uh, you know nightlife, uh, gourmet restaurants, and all that city life, yeah. that, that's where you want to to go. But it's a great country where you can combine you can combine so much of it, mm. uh, and it's very diverse. And you have um, and they're putting a lot of money into infrastructure. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, Currently, so, um, so so facilities are being improved and built, and and all the rest of it. They they realize they have an amazing country. They want more people to see it, you know, to travel alongside the, the old Silk Route and uh, yeah, and, and learn about history and right. And such. Incredible. I mean, it sounds like, you know, looking at the list so far, they're adding infrastructure, but it's not overly complicated traveling in these places. It's not super intense to travel around 
within no and the country, and uh, yeah. Uzbekistan they have a, a very decent uh, a rail system so yeah. you can take uh, trains you know from from uh, from Samarkand to Tashkent you know, Samarkand to uh, I believe Bukhara as well and they're building more uh, railway instru- infrastructure and, and modern trains yeah so you, you can you can do sleepers overnight and uh, or or I travel during the day. Okay. So so that's good. And also drivers. Drivers are cheap. You know, the Lada, Lada uh, taxi driver. You can you can hire a driver to take you um, long distances uh, without breaking the bank. Yeah. So that's uh, that's another uh, way of doing uh, doing it. Uh, one good thing or one bonus with this is that uh, the driver obviously lives somewhere and he. It's almost uh, almost always that he is happy usually to take you home and show you know let you meet a family maybe in you for dinner yeah. maybe you pay a little bit extra for that but you know then yeah, you get yeah. to see see uh, that's uh, cool home so that's that's uh, really cool that's did nice. you get to do that yeah, yeah yeah we did um we also uh, so the driver took us uh, to to his family and we also stayed uh, with somebody else up in a valley um at the homestay and they didn't have any music they only had the radio on and it was an old lady old quite big lady she cooked us a, a marvelous dinner and then some song came on the radio. I think it was a, it was a British or American song, you know, that I knew. And I just I was just kind of singing. Uh, and then she started dancing and invited me. So we're dance. I was dancing with this old lady really? in her own living room. You know, wow. So that was uh, that was that was great. <laughs> what a moment! Well, it was uh, one of my uh, uh, probably a good thing. You know, this was before mobile phones and, and being filmed. And I'm not a good dancer. That's it. <laughs> now I'm really curious what the song was. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I can't remember actually. But, uh, yeah. but they, uh, yeah, so the dancing didn't really happen. Most of it happened to some Uzbek song. So you know, it made it even worse to for me to dance to. Oh right, so, yeah. But, you know, that's my excuse when I'm dancing is bad. <laughs> Was so. it Britney Spears or? Ah, it might have been. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> it might have been before her time. I can't yeah, remember. Uh, right on. <laughs> All right, what a list, man. This is awesome. Okay, we got two more on this list. Yeah, we do. Um, and we're going to stay a little bit longer in Asia. Uh, we're going to go further east. Uh, naturally, going to go to South Korea. Okay. And I think South Korea is a, is a vastly underestimated country as well for entirely different reasons. Uh, a lot of us go to Japan, uh, which is incredible as well, by the yeah, way, but right. more people go there. Um, so South Korea is uh, similar in many ways. They really cherish, um, uh, what should I say, uh, invention and thinking forward. You know, you've mm. seen they have the Oscar winner. They're really, um, uh, really influencing popular culture. Yeah. You know, the big Squid brands. Squid Game. Loved Squid Game. Yeah, Squid Game that? and, and the Squid Parasite. Game. That was intense, man. Yeah, yeah and you know, <laughs> this goes worldwide. You have Gangnam Style with Sai. Right, yeah. A um, lot of culture. Lots of culture, yeah. but also, um, you know, technology. You have Art. Samsung and LG, you have Hyundai, Cars, Kia. Mm. Uh, so they're really influencing the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, so they have the, the modern parts of it, but are really also cherish their, their history. Uh, so you have lots of temples, you have ruins, you have you have you know houses and buildings that are hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, so uh, so Korea is is a really an up and coming place. Seoul is probably my favorite big city in the world. They yeah. have everything. Really? Wow, that's uh, it, saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, you know there's various very distinct. Um, what should I say? Parts of town um, and or neighborhoods. 
And, you know, this is one is, you know, it's, a, it's the young student kind of vibe. You have one that's there's the party vibe. You have one that's a Gangnam in the, in the song Gangnam, uh, Gangnam style, um, which is um, uh, it's source of the, the not the industry, but the business, uh, business hood with the expensive restaurant, really nice restaurants and all the rest of it. So it's every hood and every hood is sort of competing. They want to be the coolest neighborhood in, right. in, in town. So okay, there's always yeah. innovation going on also when it comes ah. to restaurants. And food and yeah so it's like a healthy stuff. competition that's yeah, really raising the bar for everybody yeah yeah and you know when it comes to hotels and all the rest of it so and in in seoul you have what you call a motel which is really it's a love hotel yeah because most uh, most uh, koreans they live at home until they marry so you know you're in your 20s you're in your 30s you still live with your parents and you don't really want to bring your boyfriend or girlfriend at home or at least maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend but maybe not uh your date or yeah, whatever right. so therefore you go to these motels and and you hire nice uh, cheap uh, rooms uh they're really stylish because i don't know there are a lot of fetishes out there i guess so you can uh, hire a roman room uh, you can have a roman style room you have like uh, being inside a taxi or in a school bus or in a, in a spaceship have you taken whatever. one of these rooms wait uh, no you're no 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 yeah well I, I, in the other room yeah, so i don't know maybe with, <laughs> with, no, that was many years ago with uh, with an ex-girlfriend yeah yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but i mean uh, these are everywhere and, and and they're cheap and they sound shady but you know they really aren't and it's yeah. a way for locals to, yeah. to to meet and you know hang out and uh, <laughs> right. do whatever they want um, yeah it's, it's part of the culture it's not like a place where yeah you're taking illegal Whatever. No, 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 yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, most of those are not bookable online, though. So you will see no. them everywhere. Okay, so, yeah. So, uh, so that's a, that's a good you way to find You just kind of have to a, know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good way to find a cheap place to, to, to stay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so... And you food? Have Seoul, uh, Fantastic food. food. Yeah. I've heard Korean the food, food is incredible. Is incredible. There, yeah. uh, it's one of my favorites. And, and you can get it super spicy. I'm really into spicy food. Are you? Uh, I, I love it. Yeah. And, and Korea, they have some of the spiciest food on, on the planet. Uh, um, and uh, do you I, go for it? Do you go for like the ultimate? Oh well, yeah, I, you crazy know. spice like uh, the I'm going to cry. I, I try to, but very red. few people, very few restaurants have managed to to uh, to to do this. I mean, you I tried this in really, Norway. You can handle it. I, I love, it. yeah, I yeah, love it, yeah. and I really, uh, I'm pretty good at, at uh, yeah. you know handling <laughs> very spicy stuff. So here in Norway, I I you know go to an Indian restaurant and I ask for the spices you can get. And typically it's vindaloo, but you know, fowl is much, much more spicy. But wow, you, you want fowl? And we're in an Indian restaurant. And I, yes, can you please do fowl? Yeah, we will try. And, and they come out with, with the sauce, you know, the fowl sauce. And uh, around, and then suddenly there were eight people around the table. There are the waiters and the chef. They want to eat, watch me eat Was this. it here in Norway? In Norway, yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, and there's a friend of mine. He was there as well, and he, he also likes spicy food. So he takes a little bit of it, and he's like, "Well, bloody hell, that's hot!" And I say, "I take a little. It's okay." So I just, uh, I just take several spoons of it and just eat it. And 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 the chef like, wow! <laughs> <laughs> like, this is like the first person coming off the street that could handle like a real. I I, I, I think so, but even spice. this was not spicy compared to what you get in Korea or proper Indian. Oh, right. Let's say okay. an Indian restaurant in, in in India. Yeah. But my friend, uh, after the meal, he um, we were waiting outside for him for half an hour. He he was in the <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I don't know. He was struggling a bit. So uh, <laughs> from the spice. From the spice. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> 
So um, I, I do like spicy food. <laughs> uh, so so and and in that context, South Korea is is amazing. You don't yeah. have to have it spicy, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. If you don't like spices, you, you ask for yeah. a very mild one. Yeah. So That's I had a friend uh, visiting here, uh, and made made him some dinner, and and he he was almost puking because I had a tiny bit of pepper, normal oh, black really? pepper on his food. <laughs> so so there is different yeah, levels of tolerance. It. It's it's so fascinating to me that we all have the taste buds. We yeah. all have a tongue. We yeah. all have like the same biological setup, but that people can like and dislike so many different things and people can handle spice and other people can't. It's a Yeah, it's know, it, it's, it's, it's really strange. But I mean yeah. it's the same thing with, with what kind of foods we like or what kind of music we yeah. like. We, we we all have ears, but we we listen to totally different music, yeah. for instance. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know, something about that is just like it's touching your tongue. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. But also, let's, uh, because uh, primarily been speaking about uh, Seoul, but also in South Korea, there's so many other uh, places. I mean, you have another big city, uh, Busan, down southeast, which is, is wonderful. And if you travel around, there's fantastic infrastructure, loads of uh, fast trains, you know, easy to rent a car or whatever. Um, uh, so, so there's so much to see. You have the islands uh, on the south coast. Um, so uh, it's a small uh, town there, Mokpo. It's, it's an old fisher village that's now grown into to a full-sized town with a small idyllic uh, islands outside. Um, so, uh, you know, South Korea deserves uh, weeks and weeks, you know, if you have that much. And also you have the most uh, busy, the, the busiest uh, air route in the world is from Seoul to Sheshu Island, which it's, an, it's a Korean island south of, of the mainland Korea. And, and this is where all the Koreans go on, on holiday. Really? Uh, so, so that's... Um, busiest in the sense that there's multiple... It, there are more flights there between those two it. places than anywhere else in the world. That's crazy. So wow. It is, um, so that's, uh, I mean... Even more than like... I don't know. I think like New York to DC or something. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that you, would be. You would think so. Yeah. But this one, it's been on that list, top of the list for, for years and That's years. That's crazy. So, Where do you so find I, a list like that? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I you can't all, remember. You know all these. You know, I, I don't know. You just esoteric kind of, facts of. Yeah, but if you wonder something, you know, either you ask <laughs> or, you, or you put it into a search engine and yeah, you right. sort of find it. There's yeah. always someone that's, that's really on, on top of yeah. these things. And, and when it comes to, to the aviation industry, there, there are so much uh, statistics. of mm. uh, so, so such a list is quite easy to compile. Mm. But Cheshire Island, it, it used to be uh, great, but now it's it, almost too many tourists there. I mean, mm. most of them are Korean. Uh, but they're also coming more and more Western and uh, tourist in and, and uh, Chinese and, and Japanese. So uh, so the infrastructure is, is almost cracking there. Yeah. So um, so if you're going to go to Sheshu Island, at least do it um, off season, I, I, I would say. But um, cool. Worth worth going to. Cool. So that's uh, that's that's Korea in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, sign me up, man. I'm, I'm ready to take this whole tour. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Do we, what time is it? Can we get over to the airport? And uh, no, you have a meeting at one o'clock. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make that into a virtual meeting. You know, <laughs> easily travel day. Eh? So. Awesome. Uh, so, and then uh, one more country, and that's uh, in the Pacific, in Oceania, yeah. uh, the continent of Oceania, and that's uh, Tonga. Um, it's a small wow. kingdom. Okay. Uh, consisting of, of various uh, various islands, um, it's it's very small, uh, but but I mean here you have uh, you have uh, everything. I mean you have uh, great uh, fishing possibilities. You have uh, beautiful beaches. You have a lot of whales actually. So it's great for uh, the northern islands. Are great for whale safaris. 
um, you have uh, what they call blowholes alongside the coast because you have the waves coming in, and then you have small uh, tunnels going through the rock, um, you know, made by nature. Um, and these tunnels, when the waves, waves come in, the, they pressure the water through these tunnels, and and then the, the end of the tunnels go straight up into the air. So it's sort of like uh, I love a good geysers, blowholes. It's, it's yeah. something about the sound. It's a sound that is it. It puts you into a trance. Yeah, kind no, of. it does. <laughs> so I, I love it. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I, I just, um, I was there on my own. I'd, I'd rented a, a motorbike or a moped, whatever. Uh, they gave me a bike helmet, which was, you know, if I crashed with a, a bike bicycle helmet, like a bicycle <laughs> helmet. So if I crashed with that one, I would have been dead anyway. Uh, but I, I drove out there, and they're quite remote, uh, the, 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 some of these blowholes. And I, you know, I was there for, for hours, yeah. and I was just watching them and listening yeah. to them. And it's so cool. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, Tonga, they're also known for their, their feasts, their barbecue feasts. So okay. they, um, the average size of a Tongan is, is, is relatively large, let's say. They, they, like, they like their meat. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, country also, uh, relatively off the beaten track, uh, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people, they go to, you know, they go to Oceania. It's a typical stopover is Fiji. Mm. Um, obviously, Australia or New Zealand, um, but you know, but you you would be the rare tourist in in Tonga. Um, not many people go there, so you'd be yeah. uh, among the, the relatively few right. tourists. Yeah, there's there a more bit of and infrastructure, more but but is it becoming more popular? It's becoming more popular, yeah. uh, but but it's still not super popular. Yeah. So it's uh, and they have de- they have very decent hotels, you know, uh, not huge ones, but semi big ones. They have guest houses and all the rest of it. So I uh, know Tonga is great. You easily get go there from New Zealand, Australia, or or Fiji. So I mean, again, if you're going to do the same as everybody else, go to Fiji. But maybe two or three days in Fiji is enough, and then why not go to Tonga instead for, right. the, for the rest yeah, of your, your trip it. in mm. Oceania? It sounds incredible. Is it tough to get around the the various islands, or is um, you have close? you have local uh, small planes that will take you there? Oh, really? They don't okay. cost uh, yeah. too much. Uh, boat wise, then you, uh, that's more regular. Uh, you go down the harbor and talk to people, and there will always be a boat. On most days, there will be boats going up. Uh, as far as I know, there are no uh, passenger ships, so you sort of have to to haggle with <laughs> with the cargo ship um, people uh, to get to get, you know hitchhike uh, up there. So okay. that's that's certainly possible. Mm. Cool. Wow. So that's 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 almost around the world. I guess. I mean, uh, yeah. And and from there you go back to uh, the U.S. and uh, and Dominican Republic, and that's around the world for you. <laughs> are we are we making any pit stops? I know you had a bonus one in here. Are we gonna? Uh, ah, yeah, okay. About? Well, we're gonna that, save that for another list. Yeah, well, that's up to you. Jason. I don't know, man. Well, maybe maybe we can share it, and then we can tease out uh, another list idea we were thinking about bringing to a future episode, and you can let us know if you want to hear it. Ah, that. that's that's a <laughs> that, that, that's a tricky one. <laughs> what is this one? No, okay. So uh, of course everybody has heard about uh, and seen photos from the Maldives. Yeah, and you have all these resorts, and the photos are incredible, and uh, all the rest of it. Uh, you and you're your thinking own. this must be really expensive. Yeah, well, yeah. And these resorts are extremely expensive. The overwater yeah. bungalows and that yeah, sort of and you thing, get your and butler and uh, your own butler and all the etc. etc. Your own chef, even if you pay extra dollars. Um, and then uh, this is very, very nice for 24 to 48 hours. And then you get bored. You know, even if you're there in your honeymoon and then, you know, you have your bungalow, you have your private beach and all the rest, and just paying so much money. Um, and that's it. 
And, you know, the same view, still the beautiful bungalow, the, the really nice uh, blue, uh, blue-green water, you know, the fish, you go diving and, uh, and, and so on. Um, but you don't really meet anybody. You don't meet any locals there. You don't meet any other other honeymooners, maybe in the restaurant. Uh, but, you know, they're busy also being on honeymoon. Um, and it's very, very expensive. So I, I, uh, so what we did, uh, Jackie uh, and I uh, traveled together on, on, on this one. Uh, so we went to uh, some, let's say, local islands uh, where, where, where people actually live and, and work. And you have uh, all the way to the south is uh, Adu, A-D-D-U. Uh, it's sort of uh, part of an atoll. Uh, and uh, here on, on the same island, you have both the southernmost part of um, the Maldives and the westernmost part. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's uh, so that's uh, for those that are you know nerding, geography <laughs> nerding. You know those are you know, two. Points. You have not been known to do that. No, no, no. no I, I don't. Never, do that. never, <laughs> never. <laughs> and also on on a neighboring island, uh, you have the highest point of the Maldives. Which is uh, six meters above sea level, <laughs> but, but but and I just spoke. an excruciating hike. I know, <laughs> absolutely. But of course, this is uh, because the Maldives is um, known or has always been known for having the lowest, highest peak in the world yeah. of, of only two point uh, nine meters, mm-hmm. um, and then the next one is Tuvalu with five meters, and then the Maldives didn't want to have the lowest high point anymore. So they expanded it. They put loads of uh, you know rocks and dirt and planted palm trees and everything, and made it six meters. So it's higher than Tuvalu's. Um, so and then I talked to this uh, geo nerd yesterday, and yeah. he knows all the highest mountains in every country in the world. You know, off the, off the back of his head. Really? And okay. I told him about this, and ah, that that's, doesn't that's not uh, that doesn't do it. It has to be proper. It can't be man-made. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I know. I don't know. So it depends on your politics really if the Mal- the highest point in the Maldives is uh, is now six meters which is man-made but mm-hmm. it looks natural or if it's the original point which uh, is may underneath have on the same mount I, I'm not sure actually if it's exactly okay. the same place somewhere or, else, or, yeah. or not uh, but Jackie and me we went to another island and so if you take the boat and uh, so one of the boats that locals uh, take to uh, uh, Fuvamula and that's one of the best. That's one of the only real islands in the Maldives because you have a lot of atolls and, and really small islands or or, or uh, narrow atolls. But one of the few real islands is Fuvamula, and it's incredible for diving, uh, swimming with uh, tortoises. Uh, the, the, the best, some of the best beaches I've, I've experienced. It, it's such a nice island. And pl- places to stay. Oh yeah, you plenty know, of guest just, houses and hotels yeah, and, and it, restaurants. And what is it like? Just comparative, just to give us. An idea of pricing and that experience. What were you paying for? Yeah, for for you know, a guest house there, I think we paid around uh, between thirty and forty dollars. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You can also pay. You can also stay in hotels. So um, and and here a you far really cry get... from the three thousand dollar a night bungalow. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so and you get in touch with the locals that are restaurants and all the rest of it. So but the downside to some people uh, living in local islands is that there is no alcohol. Uh, so it's a dry country except for resorts. So if you would like some wine with your with your dinner, so either you have to bring your own and sort of smuggle it in, and and, and you can bring you can bring your own for your own consumption, but I, I I don't think the restaurant will let you actually drink it there necessarily. Yeah. Um. But then down in Adu, which I mentioned earlier, there is actually a, a small resort uh, on the island. 
uh, you know, alongside uh, where normal people uh, actually live. Yeah. And there you can enter um, and have a, meal, have a wine with, with your meal if you like to. It's okay. called Equator Village. Mm. Um, so, so that's sort of the loophole there. If you want to live uh, with the locals in a normal on a normal island, so to speak, yeah. but still be able to 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 have a drink, then Adu is is the place to go. Okay. At Fivamula, there there's no places to to uh, get a drink if that's what you're after. Incredible bonus uh, addition to to an amazing list. Um, it, it it's incredible to me to think that like wind or some n- natural force wasn't able to build anything bigger than six meters. Yeah. In this place. You would think, I mean, that's not tall. No, it's not at all. <laughs> you would think some some combination of forces would, would make something bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would certainly <laughs> believe so. Incredible. But, but, but when you talk to people, and, and uh, the Maldives, it's on the equator, as, yeah. uh, is one of the reasons uh, we went there. And I'm, I'm talking to people, and obviously we're seeing the sea levels are rising. You know, yeah. they don't have to rise a lot when, when the highest point is, is six meters yeah. in order to, to make the entire place in, inhabitable or even, yeah. you know, flood the entire place. Are people, so, do, you, do you get the sense that they're aware, nervous? Uh, no, because you can't really, most of them are not because some of them have heard about it naturally and they, they talk a little bit about it. But I guess it's just too much of a, a yeah. big thing to even comprehend that, right. that okay, we might actually be flooded. And also the flooding or, not, or the, the rising in sea level is, is so slow um, not relatively, but but you know, from from day to day, or from year to year, yeah, it's, it, it, you don't really notice it. Yeah, but um, if you're a scientist and you actually you measure this, then you know, then one centimeter a year or half a centimeter a year, that's a lot. If your highest point is six meters above sea level, right? So so most people are not. Um, I don't know, maybe there is sort of a self-protection mechanism. They don't really want sure. to face this. Uh, but uh, the people I, I spoke to said, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, it's been like this forever. It goes up and down. And uh, I mean, you can, you can blame education or lack of education or, or maybe just a self-preservation um, uh, uh, mechanism. Yeah, or there's I'm not some sure. psychology, I'm sure, behind it. You know, these things that are such big... Yeah, and you also, I think there's some hope in that, uh, you know, the international community and the Paris Paris Agreement that now we're going to limit the heating to one and a half uh, degrees Celsius or centigrade. Yeah. And maybe there's some hope in, yes, of course we will. And and then you see now with El Nino and all the extreme weather situations we've we've had in 2023, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oops, that's not, uh, you know, all the ice melting and all the rest of this does not make it look good for people in the Maldives and, and Tuvalu and, and all yeah. low-laying places. Right. So really, we really should get our, get our act uh, together and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, in decrease the, the pollution that we, we contribute to. And travel is part of this, but uh, you know, if we only stop traveling, uh, that's going to maybe reduce uh, the uh, CO2 emissions by, by 2 or 3%. So we really have to stop a lot of, not stop, but we have to reduce in, in every industry, in every field. You know, buy less clothes, travel less by car, uh, fly less, uh, eat less meat. Uh, there's so much each and every one of us uh, can do, but we have to do it um, in every field out there, not only within one specific field. Yeah. Have you, uh, as part of this book you're working on, have you been talking to 
climate scientists or yeah i i have been in touch with some climate scientists uh, but at the same time this is a book about the people living uh, in, right. in these countries yeah because if you if you talk to scientists and you, you read the news you will get a new report um every week probably nine times a week uh, same some saying something about the climate you know it, it's going to hell it's not going to hell it's going really to hell and so on and so forth and it, it, it's like an overdose of, uh, of various scientists warning us the pr and the, which is good. The problem is that we're getting so much of it, so we're kind of just ignoring it uh, in the end. So, so to me, it's it's really about talking to uh, the normal people, uh, the local people actually living there, and their views on it. And uh, I'm also in touch with some scientists, but they're they're not going to be uh, an integral or an important part of the book. Uh, you know, that, that's being done anyway. Uh, the scientific approach. So I'm more looking for the uh, on the ground approach, if you like. Yeah. Cool. Man, thanks so much for putting this together. This was so fun to go around the world with you and get your take on these these up-and-coming destinations. I think these all fit the bill for what we described as an up-and-coming destination. I mean, I'm looking at this. I'm like, can this could this be my itinerary? You know, right here. Just uh, I'd, I'd have to. I think you should uh, tell your wife. That, uh, <laughs> hey, wifey, next time you do yeah. a blue trip, uh, yeah. <laughs> how about this? Here you go. Here, this is all right here. This will be really cheap, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> to to put know. together and easy. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, no. you can do like uh, like Thor, uh, the Danish guy. Yeah. Just child by cargo ship. It's no problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, thanks, man. You gave us a lot of inspiration, travel inspiration today, which you, you always do. And yeah, if you want to share with everybody, I mean... We already mentioned the website, garforce.com, but would that be the place? Yeah, yeah. on Instagram, I'm Garforce. On TikTok, I'm Garforce. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm Garforce. Yeah. So it's my last name, G-A-R-F-O-R-S. Yeah, so, we'll you just know, link to most it Most welcome to follow We'll link me. to the pod, too, that you have. You want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I'm doing a, a travel podcast with a friend, Torkel Gundersen. Uh, he's a travel journalist um, in Norway. Most of the episodes are in Norwegian, but we, we travel to every country in the world. We're halfway there, yeah. 130 episodes so far. Nice. Um, but yeah, check it out. Globus. It's called a, a Globe Roulette. Like a, like yeah. a globe. global roulette. Yeah, global roulette. Yeah. yeah. So globus roulette in, in Norwegian. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The English episodes, are they labeled if anybody wants to listen? Um, yeah, I think there were only two English episodes so far. But yeah, we're, yeah, English, okay. we're interviewing more and more uh, foreign guests. So okay. there will be more. But yeah, we, we will make sure to label all the English episodes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. For ease of, ease of use. Awesome, man. Safe travels on your next uh, adventure. Want to let people know where you're going, where you're off to? Uh, well, the next trip is going to be to Portugal. Yep. Uh, and that's sort of on the way to uh, Central African Republic, uh, Congo, and Congo, Gabon, and Sao Tome and Principe. So those are sort of the, let's say, six next uh, destinations. And the last four ones are yeah for the equator book and research for that one. And then we will see where uh, <laughs> the world will take me. Uh, He's a man that. on the move. I'll see you in five months or whatever. I yeah, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, man. It thank you, blessed. Jason. Uh, right. Fabulous to be um, chatting you yeah, with was, you as it always. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks. There you have it. What a blast. And I can't wait to have Gunnar back on the show again. As I mentioned, we have... Uh, other episodes with him in the archives. If you like that one, you might enjoy diving into some of the other ones. I'm going to leave you with a quote in a moment. First at the top, I mentioned 
a hack for prioritizing your bucket list, something to consider. I have mentioned it before on the show and in my newsletter, but since we are doing Upgrade Your Bucket List Week here at the Zero to Travel Podcast, I thought I'd throw this out there. You can always take a look at the destinations you want to visit and prioritize them based on the stage in life you are in. So I'm a family man right now. Those destinations are going to look different than you know destinations I might have wanted to go to as a solo traveler. Maybe that's related to expense. Maybe it's related to other things. It really just depends. And the one thing I always say to people is if you're younger and you're listening, really prioritize the physical challenges you want to do. If you want to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, you want to do these big physical challenges, it's not like you can't do them at any age. But of course, it gets harder as you age. And so if you are younger and you're listening to this, definitely prioritize those more adventurous physical types of experiences that you want to have because you can always have the other ones later. I mean, that's one of the reasons, although there's plenty of physical adventures in places like Australia and New Zealand, it's a fairly easy place to travel around. And I've been saving that for a family trip or something later in life. And, you know, yeah, you can get into a whole debate on should you save trips for later in life or not. Not necessarily. If there's a place you really want to go to, go. But if there are certain physical destinations, challenges, I should say, and experiences you really want to do, you might want to prioritize them based on, you know, am I healthy now? Can I do this now? You know, you never know what's going to happen later. So just wanted to throw that out there as a uh, kind of off the cuff tip to share as we close this out with a quote. I mentioned that Gunnar is a man on the move. He's one of these guys. He moves more than anybody I know. So I looked around for a quote about being on the move and I found a couple that were fun and I'll share them with you. One is from Anonymous. Uh, i tell you what, Anonymous has had so many profound <laughs> quotes over the years. Must have been an incredible human being. I'm kidding. I know. I know. It's not a comedy podcast. That's why. Okay. Uh, this one. You can't move to the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. There you go. And one more from Martin Luther King Jr. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But do whatever you have to do to keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. We got one more episode this week in the destination-themed week, upgrading your bucket list. So be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now to get that. I look forward to bringing that to you. In the meantime, have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace and love to you and yours. Thanks for listening. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.